What's going on? It is Tuesday, April 4th. Kyle and I are having a good time because we're in Texas and we have our usual special guest, Steve Greenfield, talking about all the things that he's thinking about. And that's a lot of things. It's actually a lot of things. It is a lot of things. <laughs> he hit me with, it was, you know, when, when the month lands like this, it's like Sunday afternoon, Intel report, Monday morning, everything I'm reading. Yeah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, I got him. Like, I kind of opened my inbox and I saw him all at the same time. I'm like, when does this man sleep? Never, never. <laughs> he just on he just, on Delta lay flat. Yeah. to Vegas. <laughs> He's a million That's exactly miler. when he does. Right. We're st- <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, they got have him. the little they have the little port that plugs in, so all of his thoughts and musings can just kind of download into uh, its latest its latest yes. version. Hey, we're so excited to be on the ground in Arlington, Texas. Um, we're going to be in and out of a number of dealerships today. What are we What are we visiting? Uh, Classic Chevrolet tomorrow, um, and today we'll be at Kia Frisco and Audi of Grapevine. So if you're at either of those stores, look for us because we are going to be running around with cameras is in a crew trying to highlight all the stories that are happening in retail automotive, all the good people caring for other people so that we can have a little bit of a premiere and a little TV show that shows the rest of the world what we already know is going on in retail auto. And then, but obviously we want you all to join us Wednesday night, the big culmination for the uh, Sodu Live tonight in the Arlington Music Hall. Uh, if you're in the area or can get to the area by 6.30 p.m., please do. We would love to have you. You can uh, visit asotux.com and still get tickets. We're also going to have a workshop before the main event uh, taught by Todd Caputo of Back to Basics, uh, an incredible second-gen dealer, uh, incredibly successful. I've heard Back to Basics quite a few times, Kyle, and I think this is going to be like the sleeper workshop. He's going to tell us exactly what that means. Everybody at NADA was like, we're going to get back to basics. Everybody was like, what the basics? He's yeah. going to go, these are the basics, go. Yeah, Todd, Todd doesn't mince words. Um, but if you can't make it with us in Arlington in person, that's okay. We're live streaming the entire event live. Actually. That We got all the audio equipment, all the video equipment, so that the live band from Little Nashville band. is going to sound amazing. <laughs> and uh, we got a game show. We got all kinds of stuff. 6.30 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday night. You can, again, go to Soto X, uh, tap into the live stream, put it on your calendar, make sure you gather your family around and get your popcorn um, so they can also be a part of the best industry in the entire world, which is retail. Speaking audio. of the best. What? Stop. Segway. A little segue in the intro. Do you see okay. what I did there? It's really good. Especially for hey, Tuesday. yesterday we dropped the final uh poll for our motor madness bracket. It's over. Uh we know that we know that the uh that that we've gone through the NCAA tournament, but our tournament's still finishing it up. We got the 2020 2010 <laughs> band naturally and the 63 Corvette split window coupe. Now look. Come on. We called this. We called this one a week, on. a week or two ago that the Chevy Astro <laughs> was going to just put on a strong showing. We'll see if it can hold on. There it is. Um, but but honestly, uh, the Astro is a pretty iconic vehicle. And we'll see what happens. But you get to decide. We don't get to pick. You get to pick. Best you modern vehicle to. of all time. All right. We have um, actually, let's let's bring Steve on now. We're going to welcome Steve Green. Coming to you live show. from a lay flat. I mean, sorry, <laughs> his flat in Atlanta. <laughs> Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. It's good to be back, as always. Oh, uh, so t- just tell us, where was the, what was the last trip you took? Oh boy, I can't even remember. <laughs> this week it's it's New York, New York tomorrow, and That's then right. Halifax. I'm actually going to miss you guys. I can't believe I'm going to miss you guys this week. But I'm flying out to Halifax to speak to some dealers out there. So I hope there's not snow in the ground when I get there. Oh, I Whoa. think you have a pretty good chance that there there might be. 
<laughs> oh, I mean, I'm man. in Syracuse. There was a little snow on the ground this weekend. Halifax, I think you have a little bit of a better chance. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. So so you, like Kyle was saying. I mowed uh, my lawn this weekend. Yeah. Oh, so nice. for the go. third time. She was. <laughs> I don't have that go. problem yet. I, I, I had a fire going <laughs> over the weekend. So there, there you oh, have Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> uh, so, wow. Steve, you've obviously been very busy, um, especially with the dealer phone. It's fund. It's nearing close. And uh, you released your uh, monthly Intel report as well as kind of what's been on your mind from the last week. Um, so I think we just could flip to you and, and let us know, like, what, what's at the top of the mind? What's the point of the, the report this month? And uh, why should dealers be paying attention? Yeah, yeah. So I apologize in advance. It's pretty lengthy. As I, as I got into this weekend, I'm like, you know, we've got a month left. So we're closing up the dealer fund at the end of April here. And I was like, let me kind of lay out the investment thesis overall, right? So um, a bunch of stuff that we've we've talked to our investors about. Our investors are all dealer principals. So we, we've mapped out sort of like the areas of interest where we think there's the biggest opportunity to help dealers and also make some money over the next uh, f five years plus. But re re really, I mean, a, lo a lot of exciting content. I hope people can dig in and get some insights. I've, I've already gotten some really good positive feedback from folks that have taken the opportunity to look through this. But um, we, we can take the conversation anywhere you want today. But you know, I, I think that um, top of mind for me right now, especially what we're seeing in the news cycle, is in a few areas. You know, one is you know software subscriptions and unbundling features and, and attempting to to sell consumers uh, to activate those rear heated seats and the enhanced horsepower on a monthly basis. <laughs> And then, you know, related to that is over the air updates and, uh, you know, the impact that's going to have on, on the service bays as a lot of the recall work and the warranty work that used to come into the shop is now going to be able to be remedied via software updates that get pushed to consumers' cars via Wi-Fi while the car is sitting in the garage overnight. So there's a lot of change coming and, uh, you know, it, it very exciting to kind of then think through, okay, so if, if, if we were going to start a startup that was going to benefit from some of these trends, what are the problems that we anticipate in the future? And then backing into how are we gonna solve some of those problems? So, yeah, well, I, go ahead. I, real quick, I think this is important because obviously there are a lot of dealers that have, that have come into the dealer fund and I don't know how many you're at, but the for for many dealers who may not be involved in that, I think that it's it's really it's a it's a clear line to draw to say, hey, look, these are if if there's a ton of dealers saying, hey, these are the things we're investing in as far as where we want our money to be placed on future bets toward the profitability of dealers and to the success of dealers. Then as a dealership network, these are some core areas where we should be paying attention to, to understand what the moves in the market, who the new tech players are, how that's impacting my profitability and, and whether or not people are investing in this fund. It's important for us as an industry to go, Hey, these are, these are key topics that at least a large majority of dealers um, or a large subset of dealers are going, we're, we're actually putting funds toward this because we see it as such an important layer within our profitability ecosystem. So I'd love to start with that. Um, the, you know, you said software subscriptions and unbundling features, because I see this as a place where dealers are really starting to question whether or not they're going to get their, their, their fair share of the revenue, whether it come from the OEMs or it come from other technology providers that allow that 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 are allowed to get into the tech ecosystem of these OEMs and where the dealers have have a foothold there or whether or not they do. Yeah, so so let me let me paint a picture and, and you, the, the, the mental juices will start flowing because you'll be like, oh, there are businesses to be built. So I was in LA last week 
Um, and I was at two different dealer groups uh, talking to the owners and um, th this conversation came up. So, so um, you, you're a, a, a used car manager and in three, year, three years from now, a car comes in and you're appraising an off-brand vehicle. Say we're at a BMW store and a Mercedes comes in and you're, you're appraising that car, not knowing which of those features are going to be active tomorrow when the consumer goes back and cancels them all on their credit card. Right. Mm. So now you're trying to appraise a car at a, either at an auction or in, in a trade-in process. And you're like, man, I mean, <laughs> if all those features persist, the car is worth 35,000. If they all get turned off, it's worth 25,000. Wow. So, so um, th think about sort of like, how are they going to know? Well, they're not going to know unless there's a centralized clearinghouse for all of this data. Uh, how is a consumer who, you know, subscribe to these, these, these features like three years ago and has been paying for them monthly on their credit card, how are they going to get confidence that when they do leave that dealer and, and hand the consumer and hand the car in, that they're actually going to, oh, I got a cat. There you go. They're going to get confidence that, that um, all of their, their, um, their subscription products have been canceled, that they no longer be charged. And then on the flip side, that same used car manager, a week later is trying to demo that car. Someone comes in for a test drive. And do you think that the manufacturer is gonna to wanna to give them incentive to upsell all of those features, even if it's an, an off-brand vehicle? Well, of course they are, but are, are, are they going to give an incentive to a used car manager from a, a different brand to demo the car, upsell them at the point of purchase. I mean, the complexity within the F&I office could be pretty intense when you've got you know 30 different um, used car brands, you know, all different from, from my brand that I'm trying to figure out like, what is this car? What can be upsold? You know, and when I do sell, is there any revenue share back to me? And does that revenue share go back to the salesperson or the dealer principal? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and oh, layer on top of that. Thing. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, go another, another thing, thing, and then I'll go another thing too. I'm okay, I'll, I'll give you one more. So, so think of a window sticker in the future. A window sticker on a car is going to have this grayed out area that you know what? There, there are hard <laughs> options and there are soft <laughs> options, and the soft options may or may box, not be it's grayed out. Oh my goodness! Well, well there you go. The other, the other potential here is this: these are operating systems now. These are not just, you know, infotainment systems that have a have a closed door to upgrades. These are operating systems. So you think right. about uh, the Apple ecosystem is an operating system with an app store with opportunity for other developers to layer in their apps within the app store. So what apps could be layered in into these operating systems oh. and and uh, are we going to allow third party that's where that's where you said this this like this clearinghouse or this data warehouse of everything that could be or is available on this car and then how do third party developers have relationships with dealers manufacturers and technology platforms to make sure that there's an understanding of what or what not is available or what's been turned on or not or what's the free app or the or the uh, you know where where does all of that uh, start and stop so I think, and, 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 you know, you said something there is like, well, who gets paid for all this, Right. you know, which is always oh, the question, my goodness, right? What portion of revenue, what portion of who's going to be the seller and who's going to be the reseller? Um, you know, th there's a, it's, it's interesting because this is when you look at other, other places, like where software as a service is normal or where app store purchasing is normal, you start to see these like penny shares. Right. 
Right. Like you think about all of the, the the scandals with iTunes and musicians and well, my my music is on that store and I get point oh one of a penny for every for every download of it. Right. And so how how far do we have to go with the revenue model to figure out whether or not these things are are part of the revenue of a dealership or a salesperson or anything like that? Wild question. So so obviously this is looking over the horizon and like you said, trying to predict what is going to be the important challenge of the next three to five to seven years and, and starting to back into solutions through the fund. You also spend so much time on the ground with dealers and obviously the fund is full of dealer principals. How does somebody on the front line of the store, whether it be a used car manager or a general sales manager, what should they even do about this conversation that is over the horizon? Because you're hearing and you're seeing a lot. What would your advice be to the front lines today? Yeah, so I think the main thing is to like separate the signal from the, the noise. And there's a lot of noise. So there's a, there's a lot of things that you don't need to be paying attention mm -hmm. to. I think if I'm on the front line, there's a few things that I should be paying attention to in, in the news cycle. One is how quickly for my brand is, are our subscriptions coming? We know for some brands, like if you go to BMW right now and you configure a car on the OEM site, mm -hmm. there are subscription products that you can elect into as a consumer. So you're going to start feeling those immediately if you're selling new cars, and you're going to start feeling those fairly immediately as those new cars come back as used vehicles. Wow. Um, I, I, I'm more concerned around, you know, if you're a used car manager, the, the complexities that I sort of spoke to earlier, what are you doing when you're starting to look at vehicles in the auction lanes? Because th this uncertainty is going to hit you, maybe not for six months, but surely 12 months from now, as some of these rental cars start coming back into the auction lanes, it's going to hit you. So I, I think that, that that's another thing. And then, you know, we wouldn't really get to like the connectivity and over the air updates. But, you know, if I'm a fixed operations director or a service writer, surely some of that I'm going to start to feel as you know, recalls come out, but then the OEM say, hey, we don't need to actually have that car go back into a franchise dealer for the work. We can push a software update. And you know, the, the, the service writers and the fixed operations directors are gonna have to be attuned to what software updates have been pushed to vehicles. And you know, it's gonna be a new service that when you come in, you're gonna have to check a vehicle to make sure this car has had all of its software mm. updates, because if they haven't, Something could be malfunctioning. Th think about your phone. Like my phone doesn't operate quite well when I don't have the latest operating system. Right. And, you know, there's an incentive for me to always have the latest operating system, battery life, et cetera. Yep. It's going to be the same thing with vehicles. Wow. Man, people yeah. have hard enough time with their phone for the vehicles to do that. All right. Um, there's obviously so much to dig into there. If you are interested in getting this report or Steve's thoughts on a weekly basis, you go to automotiveventures.com right? So .com, automotiveventures.com, and you can sign up for free. And we highly recommend you do it because it always is kind of like an engaging, like little stimulus that gets you thinking over the horizon and how that affects what you're doing today. Uh, speaking of things that are uh, getting our minds thinking these days. Segway. Time. All right. So we love we're thinking Steve about on. our minds. We're thinking <laughs> about our minds, getting our minds thinking. Well, our AI is kind of like your mind thinking on it 
it's complicated, but we like to bring Steve into these conversations. So artificial intelligence, we know all the talk about GPT, but just the broader AI community uh, could help individuals become more self-aware by offering more granularized, personalized insights. According to a column by uh, Thomas, I'm not going to pronounce his last name, you can see it in the show notes, who's a psychology professor at University College London. And he argues that this technology could use shopping behavior and shopping patterns and subscription patterns uh, to help in, uh, interpret the data and give customers and consumers insights back into their own personalities uh, to help raise their ethical reputation. So basically they're saying you buy things, you watch things, um, you you search for things and we can take all those things and now AI can tell us what your psychological tendencies would be based on this data. And he's saying that marketers and companies are gonna deploy this even more. And it's a good idea to actually share this data back with consumers to just keep everything ethical and transparent and he thinks consumers will be excited about uh, the insights. Uh, just like, you know, your watch gives you insights like, hey, you might be tired because your blood oxygen level or whatever. Um, I'm going to start. I'm going to kick off. I think <laughs> this is a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> because, you know, congratulations, you're expecting, you know, postcards coming from Target back in the day. Creep people out quite a bit. Um, but I think this is just going to be a whole new layer. My wife already still can't figure out how she gets ads on her phones <laughs> from things that, that she searched in the past. Uh, Steve, Kyle, what do you think about this? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kick the second one. So the, the interesting thing to me here is actually, and I can't remember if I shared you this with this with you last week, but basically in art, there's already a homogenization of a lot of like, art and the way that we perceive the world and the way that we do things. And my fear is that there would be these kind of like buckets of personality traits that would be so clearly defined that the AI would further homogenize Ooh. purchasing behavior or activity behavior or personality behavior uh, because of these trends in shopping. You think about the way that marketing happens right now. We put large swaths of people in, in big buckets and say, hey, it's a good chance that these people are going to move toward this behavior. And, and we act on that from a marketing perspective. And so we entice people into that. But if they're told that they're in that ecosystem, uh, it's a, that, that seems like a little bit of a dicey situation. And instead of, instead of, Hey, you might want this, yeah. it's you are this. That's a, that's a wild proposition. Steve, what do you think? Well, I think it's the natural extension. You remember back in the early days of the internet, it was like you, you get lookalike audiences, right? Mm -hmm. People who like this also tend to like this. But now they can say, hey, we know which zip code you live in, and we know which car you drive, and we know which Starbucks you go to, we know which gym you go to, and we know that you, you know, on, on Tuesday nights you tend to order pizza and you tend to wear this outfit. And 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 now I think it's just you know hyper segmentation. I think you know in the hands of somebody who wants to do do well by the world, I think it, it could be great. You know, you, you could actually have very, very relevant advertising targeted to me, making recommendations that resonate every single time. But we know, you know, the, the, the world isn't full of good actors out there. So I think it can be misused. And like, I don't know, the, the downside could be, you know, you, you are trying to 
recommend pharmaceuticals to consumers or find their weaknesses, mm. et cetera. So mm-hmm. I'm not super optimistic that this will only be used for, for good intents. Oh. I feel like they've made <laughs> movies about this, Paul. They <laughs> yeah, may have made two. movies about <laughs> this. One or two. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us to get things going in the morning. Steve, thanks for joining us as usual. And look, we all have a lot of work to do, but in the bottom line, if we can serve somebody else with what we do, it's the way to go. 